you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Monday. Not just any Monday. It's Halloween. Hope you're having a happy Halloween. Shout out to all the kids out there. And a reminder to all the parents and all the folks driving out there. There's going to be a lot of kids out on your streets tonight. Be careful. Watch those intersections. It's getting dark a little sooner. Watch out for all the uh, the ghosts and goblins and ghouls and, I don't know, uh, maverick fighter pilots. Jerry Jones told us last week that there's a lot of kids, apparently, that are going to be dressed like Tom Cruise in Top Gun. So be ready for that. We got a lot of football to get to. Texas is back at it. Getting ready to take on K-State. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're pretty happy today. If you're a Texans fan, yeah, that guy did it to you again. He does it to everybody. And if you're an Astros fan, World Series Game 3 tonight. There's a lot to get to. Chad and Zay on a Monday. I'm Chad Hastings. Joined, as always, by the one and only Isaiah Collier. Happy Halloween, Zay. What's up? What's poppin', Chad? Feeling good. Happy Halloween. Didn't come dressed because... I don't believe in that stuff. I'm too grown for that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I do. I do, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm all for women dressing up very slutty. I'm and, all for that. I'm yeah, all- for this day because I yeah. you probably want it other days. You Spe- know? Specifically at a Halloween party for adults. Yeah. That, to me, is where it's for. That's what it's for. It's where it belongs. I was really happy to see today on the Zoom meeting that we have every Monday, nobody was dressed up. Nobody was dressed up like a Frankenstein or a werewolf or anything like that. So we hope uh, you are having a good day of work. But sometimes people do dress up for work. Of all people, my wife dressed up for work today. Mm, what'd she go? She decided to go Pink Lady from Greece. Okay. That's so classic. she had yeah had the classic uh, deal going on. My wife is a bus driver for uh, the Mainer ISD. Shout out to the Mainer ISD. So I'm sure the kids will enjoy that. You know, a little bit of a... A little bit of something different. Yeah. When you're just getting on and off that bus every day and you're in the grind of it, having the bus driver dress up on Halloween, that might add something to your day. So I'm not going to get on her for that. Yeah, I feel her. Now, when you're around kids and stuff like that, I feel like yeah. my wife did a little bit of decorating and stuff, even though she's not a big Halloween person either. And that's another key. You just said that key word. It's for kids. If you yeah. are, yeah, if you are in the service of children, you're around children, you're helping to entertain children, you're whatever, then absolutely, you go and uh, and Halloween it out. Uh, so Zay, all day long today, if you could have one candy that would not affect the waistline, zero calories just for today, what is it? Only one. Uh... Do you have one? Do you have one Halloween candy that was that you were always hoping for? Probably Twix. Oh, Twix is solid. Yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah, probably Twix. That's a good go-to. When I think of Halloween, I do go to the chocolate side of it. Like, my favorite candy of all time is original Skittles, but I don't think of Skittles when I think of Halloween. When I think Halloween, I think chocolate. I think Twix, Kit Kat, Snickers. For some reason, when I was a kid, my parents never, ever had Three Musketeers. So Three Musketeers to me was a a special Halloween candy for me. Special? Yes, because we never had it year-round. The rest of the year, we didn't have it. Now, once I had it, I realized, oh, this is kind of on the simpler side. Yeah. So it's not as complex. But uh, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. Yeah, you got to have the Halloween Blue Bloods, the Snickers, Reese's, Twix, M&M's. You know, and then all the bootleg candies, those go hard too. Like the Tootsie Roll, um, the Tootsie Roll flavor, not the not the, about the Tootsie, Tootsie Pop. No, 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 no. The fruit roll. Oh, the, the flavor. Roll. I know what you're talking about. Underrated. Where, where there's like one color Underrated. around, around no, another one. Well, well, no, 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 not that. It's not that. The ones there's a blue color for vanilla, cherry, 
lime, oh, orange. Those. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't yep. eat the vanilla. Vanilla's gross. But the rest of them, yeah. they're all right. No, I agree with you. That's good stuff. That's you good stuff. You only see them during Halloween. You never see them anywhere else. I grew up in the trick-or-treat era before the razor blade scare. So we could go anywhere. Aww. We could go anywhere we wanted, as long as there was a light on at the house. You could go, and people would invite you into the house. There was an old lady in our. <laughs> there was an old lady in our neighborhood. I swear, she was making popcorn balls as big as softballs. It was fantastic. And then the razor blade uh, scare happened in Dallas, and it it changed everything. And it was never confirmed. And of course, it was just all a big urban legend. But it changed Halloween forever. But we used to have. I also grew up Zay before fun size. Everything's fun size now. Oh wow, dude! They used to drop full Snickers bars in our bags. They were That's dropping legit. full Twix bar, full double Twix. Like when we when when I tell you I got a Crunch bar, I mean I got a Crunch <laughs> bar. We were there before fun size. Hope you have a good Halloween today. And uh, there is a lot of football stuff to get to, and uh, a lot of different things we'll be digging through today. Before we get into uh, a little bit of Cowboys. And a little bit of Astros. Let's get you an update on the Longhorns. You just had the Sark press conference at 11.30. If you don't know, kick time at K-State is 6 o'clock. And guess what? Kick time against TCU back here at DKR has been set, and that is 6.30. So not only does the Texas brand help that out, but you know what? Well done, Purple Teams. The two Purple Teams running this conference get to dictate that, and now it's two evening kicks. So I think that's good now. Zay, ultimately, I think 2.30 would have been the best possible slot for the K-State game because now you're dealing with some night action in Manhattan. But overall, I think it speaks better of the pro of, of any program if you're getting those later kicks. Yeah, I, I mean, we got some good teams coming up, and I'm nervous as hell. If you saw what Kansas State oh, did man. to those Cowboys, I mean, can we get that Oklahoma State team last weekend? Like, I would have loved to play them. That would have been great if you would have went to Boone Pickens and got that Oklahoma State team that got skunked for zero. But shout out to Coach Kleiman and uh, Kansas State because they handled their business. You know, at Mike Gundy, before that game, he was talking about Adrian Martinez is going to play. So he was saying that all last week, which makes you think that's all he prepared for. Like, Will Howard wasn't even in the discussion. Because when Howard showed up, he just wasn't ready yeah, at all. They, yeah. Nobody was ready. And, yeah, they didn't have all their players, but, yo, Kansas State put it on them. 48 to nothing, and you're coming in to their house, and they're trying to do that again? Yeah. Not feeling too good as a Texas fan at all. I'm going to go rewatch a little bit of that. I went to the A&M Ole Miss game over the weekend. By the way, I'm not dressed up as anything today. This is me losing a bet. I lost a bet with Ole Miss girl. (laughs) I got to wear the Ole Miss shirt. I'll give you some more stuff on that game in the crap bag. But it's one of those things, Zay, when you go to a game, you're just keeping up with stuff on a phone. Occasionally at a tailgate, you'll see TV on. And I just realized pretty quickly, like, oh, we're not even going to have to pay attention to that game. That game went from, like, kickoff – to 28 nothing in what felt like a blink of an eye every time we were checking back on it it just kept growing and growing so i didn't i didn't get a chance to see a lot of it i know there were a few Oklahoma State turnovers, right? Was it two or three yeah, they had? Yeah, Presley got uh, fumbled on. They okay. lit his ass up. He fumbled. My man, uh, Spencer Sanders, of course, he threw a pick. I mean, it's just. Yeah, you got the sloppy uh, version of them God, in minutes. Like, you just, we just get everybody's best shot. It's just something yeah. about that burnt orange when you see us. And it's like, oh, man, like, got to play hard against Texas. And then they go and just lay yeah. a dud like they did in Manhattan. That's a joke, but. 
you got to give love to Coach Kleiman. They handled their business. They, re- they did. They're number 13 in the country coming into it this week. So Texas will play number 13. And then number 7 right now in the country is TCU. So that's what they've got coming back to back. So we do have those kick times set. More Longhorn stuff coming at 1230. Zay got a chance to go to the new Moody Center and check out that brand new men's basketball team. And they laid it on the Hogs. We'll get his thoughts on get the exhibition. Get that Kool-Aid out, everybody. Uh-oh. Zay, Zay maybe get it out. Zay may be ready to drink up some Kool-Aid. He might be mixing it with extra sugar. We're going to find out <laughs> at 1230. But right now, let's get you your spec set piece, and we will start with um, how about them Cowboys? The spec set piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. Cheer on Verde with Specs larger selection of world-class wines, spirited spirits, and craft beers. Score more at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. And also, real quick, shout out to Austin FC. Hell of a season, hell of a run. They'll tell you they came up short. They'll tell you they were good enough to win it all. But on uh, but yesterday, uh, it definitely was uh, was LAFC that were the best team on the pitch. Pitch three nil. Uh, Austin FC season ends. So uh, shout out. Great to the, season, guys. Great season. Shout out to the Verde and Black. They've now taken that next step up to a conference cha- uh, conference. You know, final. Now they've got a couple more steps to take to get to a title. So their season is over. Uh, Cowboys season certainly not over. They're eight games in now, and they are six and two. And hello, 49 points. Cowboys-Bears, I'll admit it, Zay, not the game I thought it was going to be. I thought it would be more of a a close bar fight type of game. I thought the Cowboys would have to sweat four full quarters. I am so proud of this football team right now. I said I would give you the pride if they win these two games. People were looking past Detroit and Chicago, but I thought they were both just massive trap games. I'm really happy with the way the Cowboys dealt with these two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dak Prescott coming back in these last two games, he was solid. I mean, yes, he threw a pick, but Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy, they've done what we've been talking about. Yes. Like what leads to success, keeping Dak under or around 30 attempts throwing the football and utilize those running backs. And Tony Pollard, if he's going to rush 14, 131, nine yards a carry, three touchdowns, then let's keep giving them the rock. I don't give a damn what Jerry Jones says about Zeke Elliott, man. That is ridiculous. We know he says stuff. That's just hoopla, hoorah stuff that <laughs> Jerry be talking about. We know he on that Johnny Walker blue. No, put Tony Pollard in there as your main back. Keep Ezekiel Elliott healthy, and you'll you'll have success. Like, you have enough weapons. This is the formula because the NFC, it's tough right now, especially with the way the 49ers looked yesterday, Eagles still rolling. You got to weirdly worry about the Vikings now. So you, you got to find a formula which your defense is already solid, but you got to find something that stays consistent. And I think Tony Pollard – at the number one running back is the way to go, even if Jerry Jones is talking crazy. I said it a few weeks ago. I wanted Kellen Moore to treat Tony Pollard like a football player, call football plays for him. He did it yesterday. Out of pretty much he had to. That was out of necessity. Uh, McCarthy said they wanted 20 carries for him. Came up a little short of that. You mentioned the number was 14 in the end. They did throw him one ball, uh, which he caught, by the way, because he's Tony Pollard and he had 16 yards on that play. Uh, yeah, I really like what he's doing. I don't like – it's just it's just like the quarterback thing. Jerry's comment is going to get everybody off track a little bit, but I think this team has enough substance where once you're done dealing with that mess – it's kind of like tonight. Once you're done with all the Halloween stuff, go back to the solid food. 
once you're done pretending like Jerry's comment matters, man, come back to this running game. Come back to the fact that you know you're going to need both guys. And if Pollard's going to give you that on 14 carries, then Moore does need to ask himself, maybe it needs to be around 14, 15. Yeah, it does. You might want to think about 14 or 15 for each of them because what's wrong with 30 carries a game? And the fact that this game plays out the way it did, Zay, I'm watching Dak throw all those balls early in the game, and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, is Kellen Moore headed towards 40 here? Where is this going to end up? 29 rushes, 27 pass attempts. Oh, my God. It was fantastic utilizing the tight ends. Give Dak the throws that you know he can make, but who got the most targets? It was a tie. Schultz and CeeDee Lamb starting to feel more and more like a one receiver. That pass right up the seam on the left side between two defenders for the touchdown, it's a great pass. And that's oh, a sweet. And that's a one acting like a one. 88 is starting to validate the jersey that he's wearing. I love the fact that Hendershot and Ferguson are not, indi- are not invisible players. You got to use tight ends. Yo, they got a great relationship too. Hendershot and Ferguson, they want each other to win. You would think when you're battling for number two and number three as a tight end, you're competing with this guy all the time. One of y'all could be cut at any moment, but they're each other's best friend. They hype each other up. You see him on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. I saw a video on them on social media of them just laughing and joking around, and you kind of just see that with this whole entire Cowboys team, and then the play that Micah Parsons made oh. is unbelievable. Justin Fields, like, him or something, trip him, yeah. roll on him, something like jumping over him. That I don't know if that's like f- quarterback instinct. Like, okay, he's on the ground. I'm just gonna jump over him. I don't want to touch nobody. But that that was a weird play. But Michael Parsons isn't the only one that could probably make that play. To come from where he came from, almost getting the quarterback, then turn up of the field, pick the ball up, and then scoop and score. And he said he went back to those high school days where he played running back. <laughs> you can definitely tell a little bit. But yeah, I, I think the Cowboys are in a really good situation going into the bye. I still don't like what Jerry Jones be saying. That's 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 just dumb stuff. And you're Right, it is ridiculous slash, you know, I, I, it's not even really worth talking about, but we got to. No, you know? I know. <laughs> yeah, got, no. He, like, we got to talk yeah, about he's, it. He's, he's like, the, come yeah. on. No, he's the GM, and he does multiple radio shows, and he's the guy. So people are going to react to that. But I think deep – I mean, you watch the way Ezekiel Elliott was reacting to Tony Pollard yesterday. I thought that felt legitimate. Yeah. I thought that felt, you know, like it was, it was real. And you just got to mix that up. I still would question if your idea is to hand Tony Pollard the ball 20 or 25 times a game, I would still ask you, are you sure that's what you want to do? I think a mixture of these guys is still maybe what you're looking for. You want to give him more carries than Zeke? I don't care. But I don't know if you want to get him up around 25 no, just think, for him. No, I don't think he's a bell cow type of guy like that. Yeah. I, I want him more than Zeke, though. Yeah. No, we, could, we could do the mixture I, thing. I can yeah. absolutely do What about you know 15 and 10 for Pollard? Go 15, 10 to Pollard. Yeah, that's see, cool. And see where you are at that point. Yeah. See where yeah. the game goes. It's all about filling the game. The defense the defense uh, obviously makes some huge plays. You mentioned the the Parsons play. Uh, it was an interesting game because this was the first one. They talk about winning different kinds of games. The Cowboys had lost both games where the number to win the game was 20 or more. The Bucks game and the Eagles game that was 27. The, the number to win this game was 30. If you had told me at kickoff – that the Bears were going to run for 240 yards and score 29 points? I'm not sure if I think the Cowboys win the game. But the Cowboys whipped them 
That's what's crazy about that game for me, Zay. Watching that game and also with that awful roughing the passer call late in the first half that swung the game back towards the Bears and they were able to get it to within one score, I thought at that point the Cowboys were going to have to grind till the end. Yeah, They still bashed it out to a three-touchdown lead and, and won comfortably. So the, to win a game that was styled like that, in the past a Cowboys team would have been mentally fragile and let that game crater around them. And this team didn't let it happen. I was really excited about that. Yeah, yeah, it was impressive. And going into the bye, now they could get healthy and get right. You know, Ezekiel Elliott could get back healthy. And just watching the game yesterday, Justin Fields, it seems like certain things are starting to click for him. You know, we saw him against the New England Patriots and how he dominated that game. And then we're like, okay, can he be consistent with it? And even though they didn't win the football game, they look good at times. They look pretty good. Yep. And to move the ball in that Cowboys defense, that ain't an easy task. So, yeah, I, it's, I thought that watching all the teams yesterday, the Cowboys, they still got – just they're still behind the Eagles. They're still behind uh, 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 the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, it I, might be. And I still think we don't talk about the Minnesota Vikings enough. Like Kirk Cousins ran for a touchdown yeah. yesterday. They putting chains on them, Chad. I they put on their jewelry are. and chains on them. Like, yo, He's looking, they love this guy. By the way, Kirk Cousins is looking more and more like a fashion guy. Have you noticed that? Like the chains and stuff. But yeah. in press conferences, it looks like, wait, is Kirk Cousins like caring about what he's wearing? Is he cool now? Is Kirk Cousins handsome? <laughs> what what just happened? What just happened to Kirk Cousins? And he loves that we're not talking about him. Yeah. He loves that they're under the radar. They're six and one for the first time since I don't even know when. And I think it's true. They have the biggest lead as a first place team in all the NFL. Uh, as big a lead on second place as anybody else does. It's crazy. And they want to stay under the radar. I know they yeah. do. They want us to keep talking about Aaron Rodgers and how dysfunctional the Green Bay Packers look. And can they turn around and stuff? Because they'll just keep on being under the radar and keep on winning games and stuff. And yeah, Kirk Cousins, now he has a certain aura about him. Like, okay, your team's clearly digging you. You see their defense. Their defense is underrated too. They were making Kyler Murray's life hell yesterday. So, man. Man, I, this NFC, it, it's serious. Yeah, it's serious. It, it really is. Now, here, this is what's interesting. The next three games for the Minnesota Vikings are at Washington, at Buffalo, host Dallas. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Those are the next three ball games. So we're really going to find out about the Vikings. Remember, Cowboys go off week. The Cowboys are literally playing the entire NFC North back-to-back. They're going, they just went Bears, or excuse, Lions, Lions Bears. They're going to go off week. Packers-Vikings. Really weird. The first two teams were noon kicks at home. The second two are road kicks, 325 for both. So that's what's about to happen. Cowboys will come out of the bye week and hit both of those teams. But you're right to bring uh, to bring up Minnesota. They are one of the big stories in the league that everybody's just kind of uh, maybe a little bit under the radar and people aren't talking about. But it's a lot of fun right now to watch the teams that are making moves in the NFL as we're right about that halfway point. Teams that'll make a move. By the way, if we haven't uh, we haven't thanked Geno Smith today, let's start there. We should probably thank him multiple Yo. times this week. You and I picked Seattle to win. Uh, they did do that. Geno Smith is one of the stories in the league. I'll make it official now. Geno Smith is one of 32. That ain't no backup quarterback that just found his way to be a starter. He has now turned himself into one of 32. Well done, Geno Smith. Yeah, I mean, we talk about 
getting people, I'm mean, getting your team to get around you and just to have your back and to believe in you. And it seems like that Seahawks roster, they believe in Geno Smith. Pete Carroll, man, he's been smiling more than he did when he was winning championships at USC. Like, it's it's crazy. And then you got somebody like Kenneth Walker. That was a hell of a pick, hell of a draft pick. They probably didn't think he would be this good this fast. DK Metcalf, he miraculously came back yesterday. He's not out for the season. That just shows how yeah. ridiculous his body is. And they still got Tyler Lockett. They got a lot of young up and coming, you know, secondary players and stuff. The Seahawks, they play really hard. They, they yeah. play really hard. They play together. And yeah, they're impressive also. See, Marquis Goodwin had four catches. Man. He's fitting into that team too. Seattle is five and three all of a sudden. A lot of good stories in the NFL. So if you have a comment on the Cowboys, let us know. Uh, Specs text line 337 3776. Cowboys head into their bye week at six and two, but somehow that's only good enough for tied for second behind the Eagles. You're tied with the Giants and you're behind the Eagles in the NFC East. Thank goodness the Cowboys are playing like this. Otherwise, they'd be getting smashed in this division right now. Hey, Washington coming. Let's not sleep on Washington with Taylor Heineke running the show. Do you have a Taylor Heineke shirt underneath the one you're wearing right now? If somebody has one for me, I will rock it. My man is a winner. He just beat Sam Ellinger in the first start. I love you, Sam. You know, you played hard yesterday, but... I knew it would be a tough one because over on that other side is a flat-out warrior. <laughs> it's a flat-out warrior. You know, Chad, he almost beat your Super Bowl champs. I know. He was right there. He was I know. this close he was. to beating those guys. You were wondering, who the hell is this? No, he gave me the chills last year. I know who Taylor Heineke is. Yeah, man, don't sleep on Heineke. He's going to have some fire blue kicks this week, too, because every team that he beats, he gets a fresh pair of Jordans is that and the right? color of the team he just beat. Yeah, so he, uh, he got his green ones for beating the Packers this past weekend, and you're about to get some blue ones for beating Sam and his Colts. Man, oh man, yeah. Maybe watch out for that whole division. Uh, Also, uh, if you're an Astros fan, you know that World Series is tied up at one. Astros lose the lead and ultimately the game in game one. Extra innings, big homer for the Phillies. But then they come right back and they win game two. Framber Valdez was awesome. Nine strikeouts. Six and a third. Is he cheating? That's what everybody be talking about on Twitter. Everybody be saying on Twitter, you know me, I'm a hater. So I Uh might, if anything that I see that looks a little suspicious. So what are they saying about What are they saying saying when he be palming that ball and moving it around and, you know, know, gripping it and stuff like that. They saying, I don't know. Aren't you allowed to do that? That's what I thought. Aren't you allowed to? Hey, that's what I thought. But okay. hey, hey, it's the Astros. Everybody being a little bit more careful. I see. I see. You know. that, that rep is following? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I yeah. see. Tonight is game three, by the way. Uh, in Philly, of course, Lance McCullers going against Noah Syndergaard tonight. Three games in Philadelphia. Now that they got the split... The game, the season, uh, season, the series does not have to come back to Houston unless the Astros win one of these next three games. So we'll keep our eyes on that one too. Six hits for the one through four hitters for the Astros in Game Two. Man, their big names stepped up when they needed them. All right, coming up. Speaking of big names stepping up, Longhorn basketball looking good in the exhibition right away. They whipped Arkansas. Zay was there to see it. Of course, it wasn't on TV. So Zay will tell you what he saw. You heard it right here on the Horn on Saturday. Zay 
Jose will tell you what he saw at Moody. Then coming up in the crap bag, oh, I've got some updated numbers for you on Jimbo Fisher, and they may sound a little familiar to you. Stay with us. It's the horn. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. Bears lose. Oh, man. <laughs> 49 points? That was kind of nice. I'm gonna. I'm just going to let that one soak in as a Cowboys fan. Get the bye week to just enjoy that. 49 points. Dak Prescott throwing the ball well with a rating over 100. Pollard, 9.4 a carry. And Micah Parsons being aware enough to know nobody touched him. So he makes the freaky play, gets the ball, realizes he's not down, and takes it to the house. What an awesome play by 11. That was crazy. Somebody texted in, Micah Parsons is the best Cowboys draft pick in 20 years. He might be. Yeah. He's so damn good. He might be. Oh, my God. All right, we'll get to some Longhorn basketball first. We do have breaking news. Zay, would you like to give him the sounder for the most not shocking breaking news story of the entire college football season? (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. If you thought Brian Kelly and his weird accent was a bad fit in Baton Rouge, you were not paying attention to the worst fit maybe in SEC history. It's over at Auburn. Brian Harson has been fired less than two seasons in. They tried the investigation to get him out. I still don't know how he hung on there, but he is out. Arkansas beat them by a couple of touchdowns, Zay, over the weekend, and the people at Auburn have now finally realized it, that that may be one of the worst fit hires I have ever seen in my life. Brian Harson's got to go do something else. Auburn's about to get a new AD, apparently, and they're just trying to cleanse themselves of the last couple coaches. Yeah, yeah, we knew this was coming. It's just a matter of when, and I guess they have their last straw when they saw K.J. Jefferson running all over that very, very whack defense. Is it wrong that all I'm thinking of here is, well, I hope this means the Aggies can go there in a couple weeks and get a win. (laughs) Because right now I'm just trying to find any win I can for A&M. We'll get to that in the crap bag uh, coming up. I got some Jimbo Fisher numbers for you. If you're an Aggie fan like me, holy hell, those numbers are sounding eerily similar to some other numbers we've talked about on the show. We'll get to that. Uh, We also have Joe Cook of Inside Texas and On3.com coming up at 105. We'll review the Sark Press Conference. Nice and boring today. Coming off of a bye week and you're playing K-State. There was just a lot of workmanlike questions asked. Uh, By the way, injury wise Anthony Cook and Ryan Watts two of the bigger questions you'd want to know the answer to nothing from Sark on that today Longhorn fans he says it is just too soon they've both developed a little bit and and and, you know had some positive stuff over the week but he does not know if they'll be able to play yet we won't know till Saturday six o'clock yeah exactly that'll probably be a game time deal they'll they'll go you know 
put them put them through the paces a little bit. So we'll talk Texas and K State. Remember, six o'clock kick, so a two o'clock pregame for you. And for your watch party and your Longhorn game day, brought to you by Bud Light pregame at two. It all happens at Lavaca Street Bar, going to the South Lamar location this time, um, which is a place I've not been yet. I'm uh, getting to scratch these Lavaca Street bars off my list. I'd only been to the old school one uh, downtown, so now I'm gonna get to go to the one on South Lamar. That is this weekend for the watch party. All right, uh, Zay, let's get uh, let's get after this Longhorn basketball team. I heard some people a little nervous about this being the first exhibition, thinking, really, should you go with Arkansas? Arkansas might be pretty good. Arkansas might have some pretty good players. By the end of it, the Longhorns clear them by 30. So you went and saw it live. What do we all need to know about this Texas basketball team after one exhibition game? This could be a special season. It's going to really be a special season. I know it's an exhibition game, but Arkansas is ranked number 10 for a reason. And, yes, they have a lot of freshmen, and, yes, they're young, but Eric Musselman, he was in midseason form. The way that he was yelling and getting oh, really? after the refs. And, yo, he's about, Whole head turned he's like red. five foot five. He is tiny. He is tiny, but he has a lot of fiery energy. And he's his compact. Team, is oh, yeah, he is. yeah. Very compact. Yeah, his team is super talented. But what the horns, what we saw on Saturday, man, just the starting lineup is just different. Like Timmy Allen, one thing I've always said, Timmy Allen's best suited at the three, at the small forward position. He played a lot of power forward for last year. And him at 6'6", yes, he's tough, but it worked more in the Pac-12. In the Big 12, not so much. Mm. So now that he's at the three, now he's a complete mismatch. And then, So this felt natural to you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. He Dylan, had 12, by the way. Yeah, he had a yeah. solid 12. Dylan DeSue started. He looked good, had a nice breakaway dunk. Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter, that's going to work. You because, like it? Oh, I love it because of the guys around them, like Dylan Mitchell, you know, the freshman who had about four dunks. He was dunking everything. He had a tip dunk that was ridiculous. And then one play, he had a turnover, comes back around. They try to get a fast break on him. He throws a shot in the stands, like a nasty block. And you're wow. like, okay, everybody's wondering where the shot block is going to come from. He'll be there in okay. Dylan Mitchell. But since he's a freshman and he's so young and he's so athletic, you know, he's going to have to get used to being smart. And he got in foul trouble pretty early too so we'll probably see that a lot from him this year just because he's such a young player and he's relied on his athleticism so much but he'll learn and he'll get all that you know being comfortable with the college game by just getting reps but go ahead I was gonna say talk to me about this efficient line 19 points in 20 minutes for Arterio Morris yo I we talk about Dylan Mitchell all the time, and we should because he's the one that's probably going to be one and done. But Arterio Morris, he, he's special. Like he, he, he's special. He just I, the athleticism that he brings, his shooting, his touch, his jumper's pure. Like he made a move to the basket and had a dunk, and it seemed like the, the easiest but most difficult move ever. Like he quick blow by cuffed it like a football, and then dunked it with two hands very quickly. Mm. And it's like, okay, I haven't seen that in a while, you know, just from uh, certain athleticism for your guards here at Texas. Just making it look easy. Yeah, I mean, you know, Matt Coleman was tough. Courtney Ramey was tough. Andrew Jones was tough. But they were missing something. And it seems like guys like Tyrese Hunter and Arterio Morris and Serge Barry Rice loved the way he played, you know. He, you know, got a – 
three, almost a three-point play when the clock was going down, 30-second shot clock. Somehow he finessed his way to the free throw line by getting his man up and drawing the foul with about two seconds left. So they just got a lot of smart, very, very experienced guys. You got Brock Cunningham you could throw in there who's, you know, you know he's a dog. And then Christian Bishop's coming off the bench. I was really impressed with what I saw on Saturday. There you go, 90-60 to 60 the finals, 10 at the half, and then they stretched it out by another 20 throughout the game. Um, Zay mentions uh, Sir Jabari Rice, what a great name, 11 points off the bench for him as well. Uh, so in terms of, you know, obviously it's, it's one exhibition game, but from what you saw, if you were going to think about a number of a rotation right now. Are you thinking this is a team that feel? I mean, it looks it looks deep as I'm looking at this box score, but they whipped them by 30. Do you feel like there's talent on this team where it could be in eight, nine, ten, eleven? Kind yeah, of- I see nine guys you gotta play. Okay, I see nine guys you gotta play. Timmy Allen, Dylan DeSue, Arterio Morris, Tyrese Hunter, Marcus Carr, Serge Barry Rice, uh, Dylan Mitchell, Brock Cunningham, Christian Bishop. I named nine right there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that that's the nine that you're going to see in the rotation, and that's the nine that could take you pretty far because that's we cool. know in the Big 12 when you got to play against Scott Drew and Baylor, and then you got to play against the defending champs, Bill Self and Kansas, who they're ready to defend their title, even though they lost a few good guys to the NBA. And we know what uh, 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 Texas Tech is going to bring to the table. We know how much they want to beat you with Coach Beard being here. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm excited. Gonzaga's going to come into town. I know they have a couple of games till that. Gonzaga got drove by Rick Barnes' crew in Tennessee in the exhibition-type game Ooh, on okay. Saturday, too. And the Horns got to play Tennessee. I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee won a national championship this year. That's how good they are. Rick Barnes has mm. a squad. So, this year, Texas' schedule, it's thick. It's going to be good. They'll and get tested. They'll get tested. Yeah. You'll see everything you want to see by the time March comes around. I like the fact that they've also got a couple of non-cons that'll test them. We know their conference will test them. The Big 12 Basketball Conference is usually really good. What they haven't had a lot of recently is some of those non-con games that really get you paying attention. And the fact that they did this in an exhibition is cool. And the fact that you got names like those coming, that you got a Gonzaga and a Tennessee coming, that's very, very cool. All right, uh, before we hit this break, the world's strongest man has something to say. What's up, Mark Henry? Man, what's going on, man? Really enjoying y'all guys today. And I have a question. Yeah. Uh, y'all, I didn't get to come and watch the game. I was on a plane. But who's going who's gonna to cover – uh, a guy six eleven, seven feet on that team, being that most of the guys are very athletic but vertically challenged. Oh, it's a good question. See, that's the Take. thing, Mark. I don't think they're vertically challenged this year. Uh, I think Dylan Mitchell and I think Dylan DeSue coming back from his injury and a year comfortable with that knee, I think they'll be able to provide you some size that we haven't seen last year. Christian Bishop also you know, with all those players and how deep you are this year, you could play pretty big and sometimes maybe have Timmy Allen at the two, depending on, you know, the rotations you want. And Dylan Mitchell, I think he's athletic enough to play the three and uh, a Christian Bishop four and Dylan DeSue five. So I think, you know, Chris Beard has a lot that he could do with this team where they could play big, small, fast, slow, depending on the situation. And I think that's what's most exciting about this squad coming up in 2023 there you go in in, in the recruiting front is there any um, 
big players that are more on the forefront of, of Texas recruiting to add to next year? I know Ron Holland from Duncanville was in town. He's a big-time player, top 15 player, probably be a McDonald's All-American, but he'll probably transfer because Duncanville just got hit with that San Marcos rule where they won't be able to make the playoffs this year for violating the rules. So we'll see more about that. But, yeah, Coach Beard, they're recruiting. They're recruiting. Yeah, you know Mark Henry's looking for size. Mark Henry's <laughs> looking for the bigs. Mark, I've tried to tell you, man, small players are people too. Come on now. Hey, listen, you know I'm a sizer. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sizist. That's right. He will, Bring me the seven-footers. Bring me the seven-footers, please. Oh, hey, well, man. I'm, I'm telling you guys, I, I watched I watched them practice. And the only the only weakness that I saw is if they face a, a true five that's, you know, six, eleven, seven feet, um, you can be smart and out-scheme them. But sometimes talent and greatness just rise to the top, and I, I want us to have some of that. Right. No, yeah. that's fair. That yeah. is fair. Mark, always good to hear from you, man. Travel safe. All right, man. Y'all be good. Thanks, Doing Mark. A great job. That is the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. All right, coming up, we'll get you a little crap bag, some numbers on Jimbo Fisher, and CMC makes some serious NFL history. I hate to give a Niner credit, but I've got to. This is the horn. Taking our time here. I like it. Just a funky good build. We'll layer it up for you. It's Monday on the show. We've had David Bowie so far. Zay's got something else for us here. With just an awesome, awesome groove to it. What we got, Zay? Santana. Oh. Let it shine. Makes total sense as to why it would be. Well-layered and well-grooved Santana and David Bowie to get us started today. It is Monday, so when we're done, Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge. Soccer Matters with Glenn Davis. You know there'll be some comments on Austin FC and the loss to LAFC as their season ends in Sincerious at 8 o'clock tonight. And also, for you Astros fans, World Series Game 3 is tonight. Monday Night Football is tonight with the Browns and the Bengals. Fitting that all that orange happens on Halloween night and that will be the 4-3 and three Cincinnati Bengals trying to keep up with Baltimore. Also in college football, if you just tuned in, Brian Harson has been fired at Auburn, and we know that the Longhorns kick against K-State is at 6 o'clock this weekend, and then next Saturday they've decided to set TCU at Texas, and that one will be an evening kick as Sonny Dykes did it again this past weekend. Zay, we said we'd watch. We said we'd pay attention. Would they be sleepy in Morgantown? West Virginia did show up. They quick. showed up. West Virginia showed up. They threw points at TCU and said, Sonny Dykes, what do you got? And Sonny answered, and TCU still undefeated. 
Still undefeated, still looking good. Max Duggan still looking good also. And, yeah, that was the ultimate trap game for them, and they overcame. And, that hey, it's impressive. Yeah. What they're doing is absolutely impressive. They've got another trap game this week because they'll play Tech after Baylor whip Tech. People will think TCU is going to step on them. Texas and TCU coming up in, a, in you know two weeks. Will TCU look past Texas Tech? We'll find out. My guess right now would be no. Looks like Sonny Dyke's crew is pretty focused. All right. Uh, we got Joe Cook coming up from inside Texas at 105 to talk uh, Sark Press Conference, Longhorns K-State. Right now, let's get into the crap bag. I'll throw some numbers at you, both good and bad. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Again, if you are watching on the Twitch stream today, I am wearing the Old Miss shirt because Old Miss girl and I have a bet every time the two play, and the loser's got to wear the gear. Unfortunately, this shirt is feeling a little worn in these last couple years. Zay, <laughs> I feel like I've had to wear this damn thing a couple times because I have. Uh, so I went to the game. Uh, the only good news I could tell you from a crap bag standpoint is Old Miss did rock those powder blue helmets, and I do love those powder blue helmets. Outside of that, I did not like what I saw from that game as Old Miss racked up. Let me see if I've got this right. 390 yards rushing. Yeah, they still run in that Kyle Field. On the Aggies. I could tell you about other games where they've run a whole lot, but that would just sound like I'm making an excuse. There ain't no excuse for 390 yards. So A&M loses the game. It didn't even, it was weird. They, it felt like they were getting bludgeoned, but then all the stats were even. It was such a weird game to watch. But in the end, AM loses the game. So here are some numbers for you to consider if you are on the maroon side of the house divided. We've talked about the burn orange side and what Texas fans are dealing with right now with Sark and some of these numbers that need to change. Well, there are numbers for Jimbo Fisher that absolutely need to change. You know how we talk about Sark and that he's three and six in excuse me, three and eight in one score games? Jimbo's three and six. Same time period. We're going from the beginning of last year to now. He's 3-6 and six over the same time period in one-score games. Obviously, this one ended up as a one-score game that he just lost. How about the true road games? Not that that's what this was, but Sark's going into the road game. And what have we said? Got to change it. True road games, he's 1-6. and six. You know what Jimbo is in the last two years? 1-5. and five. Sark won a game in Fort Worth. Jimbo beat Missouri on the road. That's it. Those two guys together are 2 and 11 in true road games. Oh, Lord. That is crazy. If you're out there and you're a hater of either or both of the house divided teams, yeah, we can't say a whole lot right now. Because no matter which side you're on, it's bizarre. How about this one, Aggie fans? Jimbo, same time period, last two years, he's 8 and 3 at home. That is the truth. Here's the other part of the truth. Half of those wins are Sam Houston State, Prairie View A&M, Kent State, and New Mexico. Remember how I always tell you about the SEC disguising Ah, its teams with the schedules? This is another way you do it because you get a team that will get up to eight or nine wins and go, oh, look, they got up to eight or nine, and you kind of look at it and go, did they? Water down. Yeah, did they really get to eight or nine? Jimbo is 0-4 against the two Mississippi schools the last couple years. He is 5-8 and in conference. 
And that's just the facts of the matter. That A&M team kind of dug the quarterback. Wegman looked pretty good in, like the, in the game on Saturday. Looked all right. He didn't look bad. Looked yo, all right. I like the arm. Yo, he throws like how Draymond Green shoots, though. It looks stiff. It's, it gets oh, to where it needs to go. Stiff delivery for it you? gets to where it needs to go. Yeah. But I was like, dang, man, you get a stiff arm there. Over in terms of the way Haynes King and at times um, Max, Max Johnson. Johnson made it look, he's a little more decisive, I think, at times. But there were some, you know, there were some throws that, that that got away from him as well. They just only have one weapon on offense, and they don't have enough a chain right now to figure all that out. If Anaya Smith was still healthy, maybe, but they just don't quite have enough offense to put it all together. Once they got down the two scores, that was huge. But again, there is really only one number in that game. If you get 390 yards rushing put on you, I don't know if the rest of it even matters. I don't think the rest of it matters at all. In fact. What am I supposed to do with that? By the way, that game essentially happened, it was over in one play when AM was able to get it back to one score with about nine minutes to go. And Quinshawn Junkins went 61 yards in a blink, and it was over. That was, it was really done. He sounded like he's from Mississippi. Dude, that guy. 34 carries for 205 in the game. Ole Miss total 63 yard 63 carries for 390 yards 6.2 a carry and if you watch that game you also know this Jackson Dart it's listed as 17 rushes for 95 yards Zay it felt like he ran for 5000 yards against the Aggies <laughs> and all on third and long that dude converted more third and longs Oh, my God. It was crazy. He didn't even have that good a night. He was just clean. There were actually no turnovers in that game. Um, And the Aggies ran the ball okay. But when you run for 142, it doesn't matter if you allow 390. That was nuts. Uh, So there's some Jimbo numbers for you to consider. If you are an Aggie fan like me, that dude's got some big-time numbers that must change. Maybe now he can go get a win at Auburn. Because they just fired Harson, but Zay, you brought up the math last week. Let's redo the Aggie math to get to a bowl game. They, if the if we assume the UMass win, that's four. Let's go ahead and assume the at Auburn win just to have some fun. Yeah, let's give them that. All right, let's give y'all that. That's five. That means they have to beat either Florida or LSU at home, both at Cal Field, to get to a bowl. Do you think they can do it? Maybe Florida. You think? Maybe Florida. That's this week, 11 a.m. kick in Cowfield. Yeah, I think I could be Florida. Gonna have they may gonna, yeah they may have to have that one. Yeah. They may have to win that game to get to a bowl game. Ultimately, Aggies three and five. Uh, the other quick crap bag note. Let's give him his love. CMC went crazy yesterday for yes, the Niners. Sir. Here's the story I read. Uh, I was about to call him Mike Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is sitting in the office. He texts one of the coaches, does anybody know if McCaffrey can throw the ball? (laughs) They do their research and they send him back a play from 2018, I think they said it was, 18 or 16 or whatever with the Panthers, where he throws a touchdown pass. And it was about 40 yards, apparently. So then Shanahan goes to cooking it up. And then yesterday, you probably saw it against the Rams. He throws a touchdown pass. He pa- he catches a touchdown pass. And then, of course, he's Christian McCaffrey, so he runs for a touchdown. First NFL player to do the triple touchdown dance since LaDainian Tomlinson in 05. That's how long it had been. And Zay, here's how rare. Since the merger, he's only the fourth guy to do that. Walter Payton did it first. 
the legendary Walter Payton. He was pretty good. David Patton, one of the early receivers for Tom Brady in New England, he did it in a game. And then LaDainian Tomlinson. And now Christian McCaffrey. That's the list. Four guys since the merger. Yeah, I, I knew he would get more and more involved in this offense from week to week. And Kyle Shanahan, he's going to keep dialing stuff up. And they didn't even have Debo Samuel yesterday. Exactly. Like, what they showed, and this is why if you're a Cowboys fan, be scared as hell. Sure. Because the team that beat you last year to get uh, to move on in the playoffs is better. Yeah. They're going to be a They're, little more – they'll be freakier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they almost blew the season by trying to play Trey Lance. Think about if he'd still be healthy. We wouldn't even be – would even have Christian McCaffrey? Did you see the throw Jimmy Garoppolo got to him on that touchdown pass? No! What a great play that was. That's Dude, what that, I'm saying. I, Jimmy G – they got confidence in him. They love him. They play hard for him. Now they're slowly starting to get back healthy. And if Debo comes back and he's anywhere healthy like he was before, look out. Dude, there's all these teams right now that I hate how much I love them. I hate <laughs> how much I love them. The culture's good. The scheming yeah. I like. The Eagles, the Giants, they feel so real. The Niners feel real. In college ball, Baylor keeps running 50, 60 times a week and putting up all this time of possession and making me like them. Damn you, Dave Aranda, making me like you. Come on. What are y'all doing to me? Yeah, uh, congrats to CMC, man. That's a crazy hunk of, uh, hunk of history. We had to throw that in there. Joe Cook coming up from Inside Texas and On3.com as the Longhorns get ready for K-State. 6 o'clock kick in Manhattan. We'll start talking Wildcats next on The Horn.